Hello, everyone. In Akaras Tov are two words that have resonated throughout the centuries as being a very fundamental fabric of the Jewish people. Akaras Tov. Uh, we certainly know this guided Moshe's life, so uh, it was so evident uh, from certain things that he couldn't do in Mitzrayim, things that he uh, felt he owed a debt of gratitude, couldn't hit the uh, the 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 Nile, he couldn't hit the ground, et cetera, et cetera. But it's not so clear where exactly this comes from. Where do we see, uh, while it's fundamental, where do we see a really a clear Torah source that this is something that needs to permeate uh, the Jewish psyche and needs to be part of our thinking? And it's a very critical part of our thinking. In fact, the Bali Muslims say that Akar Tov is one of the driving forces uh, of a Jew's service to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. If we had the proper perspective, if we had the midah of Akaras HaTov, a midah, a trait that is not so easy to uh, fully internalize. There's a lot about who we are as people, the negative parts of us, that very often want to deny the Akaras HaTov. We'd much rather be angry, we'd much rather be resentful, or we certainly would much rather not have a, a sense of indebtedness to anybody. We don't, we don't like that. So there's a natural part of us that sort of says, you know, eh, they, they did it for other reasons. It wasn't such a big deal. You know, it didn't make a difference to them that they helped me out in tough time. They maybe they gave me this loan at that time. I just came to the country and the, this family took me in. Yeah, they, they did it. They, you know, they, they didn't really want to do it. I mean, we do, we do a lot of this. We do a lot of it. And it's because Akara Satov really is a incredibly powerful spiritual tool. And the HR is going to work very hard on us not inculcating that quality. Because as I alluded to, when we have that quality, I wake up every morning and we say, we wake up every morning and we see we're alive. Baruch Hashem, another day to be able to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, another day to be able to, uh, to be close to the people that we love. Eventually, hopefully very soon, we'll be able to even hug them. Uh, uh, obviously, we do to our close family members, but... Uh, we're living in somewhat limited times, but certainly the idea of connecting to people and wanting to connect and appreciating life and appreciating Kaddish Baruch, these are all powerful tools in giving us that impetus to really fulfill the, the mandate of a Jew and especially the mandate of Elul, of feeling that Anil Dodi Vidodi Li. The way you do that, the way you, you feel Kaddish Baruch Hu's love for us is by being able to see the love, to recognize the love, to connect to that love to be people open to inspiration, open to, to recognition, and just not being self-centered, not wanting to sort of see myself as the center of my universe. This is really the battle between those who have a curse of Torah versus those who don't. It's the people who are ready to be givers, ready to acknowledge the truth, ready to be honest about who they are and who they uh, owe to, or those who can't those who don't want to, but those who have another view of the world, and those people are very often much more egocentric, uh, much more wanting to feed their own needs and egos, and really very much lacking the ability to get beyond themselves. In this week's parasha, we see it clearly. We see an incredible, incredible message in the Torah, really from the mitzvahs themselves, that demand that chorus are told. And it's really right there in the words. And to, to stop and to reflect, when the Torah makes a contrast with certain nations who are allowed to enter into the fold versus certain nations that, that uh, are not, 
certain nations you are allowed to despise and maybe antagonize and other nations you cannot. Says the Pasuk by Ravi in the Parshas Kisaytse, So the Edomi is one category, the Edomites are obviously from Esau, and that's one category of a nation that we should not despise. After all, there's a strong affiliation. We're, we're, we're relatives, we're cousins, and we should not be um, uh, overtly doing things to antagonize Edom, which is, which is one aspect. But then the Pasuk says, Mitri. But don't hate, don't despise the, the Mitri. The Egyptian nation, we don't really have Mitrim today because we don't know where they are. Certainly the Egypt that we have today does not reflect the, the direct descendants of the Mitrim that were then. So we can't really fulfill this mitzvah. We don't know who the Edomites and the Mitrim and Ammon and Moab, etc., etc. But why? Why should you not despise the Mitri? I mean, with the mit- <laughs> we have an entire Seder that talks about the Mitzrayim and what they tried to do to us and what they did to us and how they oppressed us and the incredible miracles that we, we talk about every single day in terms of the incredible uh, salvation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, what he did for us and taking us out of Mitzrayim. This is fundamental to, to the fabric of who we are as Jews. So when we, when we, we talk about Mitzrayim, we, we can't talk about the Mitzrayim and, and we can't feel that antagonism and that hatred towards a nation that, that killed us, that uh, enslaved us. No, you can't. Not you, Jewish people. You can't. Kiger Hayisa Ba'artso. You are a sojourner. You were a stranger in, in, in Mitzrayim. Now, not every day was, was great. There were years, many years that were horrific. But you can't be blind to the fact that Yaakov Avinu came down to Mitzrayim and there were some good years in Mitzrayim. It was a wonderful years in Mitzrayim. They, they, when you were stuck, they hosted you and they gave you refuge. They gave you a place. They gave you the sustenance to be able to succeed. Uh, that's something that you cannot ignore. If I allowed you, the Torah is telling us, if I allowed you to just sort of let loose on your natural inclinations to hate this nation, what would, what would you do with the obvious feeling and need to recognize that, yeah, there's a lot you might have to pay for. But for me to sort of just be blind to that and to have this sort of the, this, this negativity towards you, this, uh, this despising of you in my heart, the Torah is telling us you can't ignore the good times. You can't ignore what you received. A Jew's responsibility is to Always recognize what I received. Doesn't mean you're perfect. Doesn't mean that, that uh, you're great. In fact, uh, I mean, stop and think of how many relationships we know of that uh, people who know each other for a very long time and now they're not talking to each other. Why? Well, one mistake, one indiscretion, one statement, one thing that just set me off. And I can't believe they did that. I can't believe they said that, whatever it might be. Okay, you know, you have a time. You have a time, you have a good, you have a good point. But therefore, now your entire essence is now blind hatred. Your essence is just negativity. You can't you use the Akaris Tov aspect of recognizing, but wait a minute, you had so many good years. You received so many good things from this individual. How do you just now just wash it all away in one fell swoop because of one, and let's say it was really terrible, whatever the person did, they, 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 they embezzled me $10,000, whatever, whatever it might be. Who knows what it is? It could be something big, it could be something small. 
Very often it is something relatively small. We just make it big. But let's say even if it's something big, it wasn't bigger than throwing your male children into the sea. It wasn't as big as, as enslaving you for hundreds of years in unbelievably difficult, torturous conditions. So why can't I despise? We seem to be able to do that without, without much problem. We can sort of erase everything and just be completely consumed with, with, with negative thoughts, enraged inside, f- f- fermenting with, with anger and, and resentment. How, how did that happen? Because we, we, we didn't look at this pasuk. We didn't understand the value system of the Torah. And the value system of the Torah is, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You want to have a taina? Have a taina. Compartmentalize. You want to have a complaint? You want to feel somebody hurts you? Okay. You got, a, you got a good point. Valid point. Deal with it. But blind hatred, consumption of just negativity, despising somebody? <laughs> you can't. Because if I allowed you to do that, you would take you would strip yourself of one of the fundamental qualities of recognition that we are responsible to, to uh, experience at all times of the good that people did for me. And maybe more importantly, the good that Akash Baruch has done for me. And how often does that happen? That we just, we, we go through rough times and, then, and the rougher it becomes, the more difficult it becomes. To, to maybe uh, recognize the, the incredible kindness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Maybe that getting up every single day doesn't seem as exciting anymore. If, if God forbid we have, we have uh, tra- tragedies or, or challenges or difficulties or sickness and things that happen to us and it, it makes it more difficult. You can't. Especially not with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You can't with anybody. Even the Mitzrayim you couldn't. With HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who you know ultimately has your back you know, ultimately is in it for the, in the long haul to love you and support you and to carry you through thick and thin, no matter what you're going through, he's there for you. You want to do that? No, you can't ignore the kindness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's why, of course, the Tov is so critical. And that's why the Ramban ma- makes the point that, that why Ammon and Moab, these two nations, and we know that only applied to the men, Rus came from the nation of Moab. The men were not allowed to come into the fold ever. A mitzri can come in after the th- uh, uh, beyond the third generation, but, but I'm going to mow forever. Can I come in? Well, forever? What did they do? Did they, did they throw our sons into the sea? Did they uh, enslave us? I'm going to mow didn't actually, they tried. There was some, you know, there was some indiscretions with obviously with the daughters of Moab, but I mean, where was the death? Where was, who was the enslavement? How could you compare it to, to Mitzrayim? Hundreds of years of, of torture and slavery? You know, Ramban says, incredibly, what did you do, Amin We The Jewish people needed some, some water, some bread, some just basic sustenance on the road. You had the availability. You could have come out and just uh, even sold it to them. You could have just, you could offer it to them. And you didn't. And who is Klai Yisrael to you, Amin what relationship do you have with them? What should you have done when they were coming by? Do you know who your grandfather was? Do you know where you come from? Are you not related to Avram Avinu? Didn't you receive kindness? Didn't Lot get saved by Avram Avinu? Didn't uh, in this chus Avram Avinu, the angels get sent to, to stone to save Lot? Didn't Avram Avinu stick his neck out and come with his, with his army to, to, to save Lot? And now this is how you treat? You ignore, you ignore the, rec- the, the goodness and the kindness you received from Avram Avinu's children? 
This is your, this is what you do? Never, never. You can't come back. It's not happening. You can never come into the Jewish fold. What an incredible punishment, an indictment for what? Because at the core you lacked enslavement and, 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 and even murder. You know, people can become barbaric, but doesn't seem to represent that flaw, that DNA flaw within the people. And therefore, yes, Mitzrayim can come back. Eventually they can come back. It takes a few generations. But if you lack that essential quality of humanity that a Jew needs to have, and you want to now come into our people, and you come from, from, from stock, so to speak, that didn't even come out, and the men were the, were the ones who were supposed to come out, and you didn't come out. No, never. That's how fundamental our Chorus HaTov is. That's how it's part of the fabric of, of, it needs to be the fabric of our DNA. We can't work on it and develop it and, and use it and utilize it every single day in terms of our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who gives us that, that, that sustenance and gives us that life every single day, the incredible gift of just being in, in this world. And again, not to minimize the challenges, but, but that, that has to get us through the challenges and the difficulties. And yet there are many difficulties. But if we have that connection, have that awareness, an L is a different L. And there is, there is it, it's so profound, it runs so deep. And, and it's more of a flaw. Lacking a chorus atov is, is there's no greater flaw. And when you, that's why you look in the lives of special people, that ability to, to recognize a Kaddish Baruch Hu, it, it sort of keeps us on our toes. It keeps us ready for inspiration, for connection. And allows us, as Hashem, not to fall that far away. I just, this morning, I heard two stories. There's a wonderful, uh, it's a chat and it's a website called uh, Stories to Inspire. There's an actual young man in Los Angeles did incredible work. I don't know how he has the time to find all these stories from all these different uh, shmuzim. But this morning, I heard two stories. I, I listened to it and I heard two of the most recent stories. And they're both similar in terms of the source of the inspiration. And Elul, it connects to Elul because it's a chauffeur. It connects to the chauffeur. And I want to share them with you because first of all, nice little plug for uh, stories to inspire. If you can get on that, um, get on that website, it's a wonderful source, sometimes three, five, seven minutes and boom, you get this incredible inspiring story. Um, and I just think it really wakes us up to the opportunities that are out there in the recognition that Baruch Hu never leaves us. He's always there. And, and if we can somehow feel HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and, and HaKadosh Baruch allows us to feel every single day. We said that Baruch HaLakai Neshama Shosati with the right Kavana, to recognize what it is HaKadosh Baruch Hu has gifted me with a Neshama, and he's, he's going to return that Neshama to me. La'olam Vayad, at the time for uh, eternity, for the time of Tchiyas HaMesim, for the time when, when ultimately we're living what we're working in this world for, our whole, our, our day and our lives would be different. And just these two stories, I'll say one from, I heard the story is, it was said over by Weiner, one of our local Rebbeim, a special, special Jew who works in Cedar Sinai. So he said over the story, and, uh, and I'm sharing it with, with whoever's listening, because I just think it's incredible. And the story was that he is a chaplain at Cedar Sinai. He runs all of uh, you know, the uh, incredible chesed operations going on there. And 
and he had to prepare for uh, Rosh Hashanah services on, online. He did a, a whole process that they could put it online. And then when people who, uh, obviously with COVID right now in Los Angeles, it's still not permissible to actually have services. So if you have an online service, when you want to access it, you'll be able to access it. Obviously, we're not getting into, you know, obviously Orthodox Jews would never do that, but there are other Jews who need inspiration. If they want it, it'll be available to them that uh, there'll be a Rosh Hashanah service available online. In the hospital, there's, there's a woman who's taking care of her mother. And this woman is a wonderful, wonderful Jew. And to just sort of cut right to the core of the story, her mother was very, very sick and got sicker and sicker. And she, it just was so painful every single day for this woman to see her mother's deterioration. And she started getting angry and angry at her Kaddish Baruch Hu. And she decided one day, I'd say, I have to lash out. And I, unfortunately, sometimes you see this in teenagers. Things don't go well. See, with everybody, but I see it. I've seen it over the years with the, with the kids that I'm, I'm uh, connected to. And sometimes they get so angry because of what's going on in their lives. They want to lash out. They just want to almost get back at a Kodesh Baruch. That's what was happening to this woman. And it got to the point where she said, I never ate anything that coached my life, but that's it. I'm done. I, I want to show HaKadosh Baruch Hu how upset I am. I'm just so disappointed. Look at my mother. Why is she going through this? I love her. She's an amazing lady. She has to have this pain. It's just not fair. God, it's not fair. I'm going to get you back. That's, that's what God forbid happened, even with very, very good people. And she decides to go buy a non-kosher sandwich, the most non-kosher sandwich she can find. And she's looking for a place to be able to eat it in a a level of comfort, and she happens to, okay, she finds a nice little corner in the lobby there, and she's shaking because she never had that coach in her life. She's shaking, but she's, I have to do this. I have to show God how upset I am. Where's God? Where is God in my life? And she takes the, the bag, she opens up the sandwich, she's about to pick up the sandwich she'll put into her mouth, and just then she hears a chauffeur in the relatively beginning of Elul, she has a chauffeur in the middle of the day on a Tuesday morning and like or Tuesday afternoon. What, what is that? A chauffeur? And like she right away just, whoa, she gets up. She walks towards the sound. She has a chauffeur again. And like she's shaking. She's walking more towards the chauffeur. And then she opens the door. She sees the chapel. And there she sees a bunch of Jews with the kittles and they're going, the, the whole ceremony, the shvarim, trua, tekia, tekia gedola, Whatever else was gone, she was literally she's seeing a Russian shutter service on a weekday in 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 the in the middle of Elul. She was just shocked into the awareness of oh my gosh, God, I get it. God, okay, oh my God. Just as I'm about to eat, that's when that chauffeur goes off, and all of the planning of which morning they were going to do this, it just happened to be that day that she happened to buy that sandwich, happens to sit down, about to put it into her mouth, and that's when the chauffeur goes off. The Shabbat was not around. He's not holding our hands every single minute of the day. She got the message. She understood. The never left me. I don't understand what's going on. It's extremely painful, and obviously we know and uh, I'm not saying it makes it easier, but we know intellectually that every single pain that a person receives, as, as horrific as it is to see, opens up the, the light of the next world, opens up the, the, the corridors of, of this incredible eternal beauty that's waiting for a person. The Gemara says we'd, pay, we'd, we'd pray for it if we knew what it meant in the next world. That's how meaningful the 
difficulties and the pain that we experience in this world, what it means in terms of the ultimate light we're going to receive in the next world. And God gave her that reminder. She put down that sandwich. She'll never go back to that again. And one other just amazing story. I heard this from Rabbi Krohn this morning, also on the same uh, stories to inspire. And uh, I'm not expecting any residuals, but it's, 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 uh, I'm just uh, pushing everybody to, to take advantage. But, and the story's about also, very quickly, about a, a fellow who wasn't very religious. He had some basic not Jewish knowledge. And he, he, go, he would go to the army, Israeli fellow, typical secular Jew, knows somewhat about Judaism and certainly knew the basics, but not nothing deeper than that. And goes off to Mumbai after his after his uh, uh, service uh, in the army, which is what, what these, a lot of these soldiers do. They need to get away, they need to unwind. So Thailand, India, whatever, Mumbai, they went to, he went to Mumbai. And he's sitting there having drinks in Mumbai, having a great, uh, Mumbai, and he's having a great time with his buddies in a bar somewhere. And as he's about to uh, take down a drink, it's uh, about eight o'clock at night, and all of a sudden he's with his buddies, and he hears a chauffeur, a chauffeur again. See the Sinai, Mumbai, wherever you go, there seems to be a chauffeur that's waking us up, like the chauffeur every single morning that should be waking us up, because it's there in shul every single morning. And chauffeur, Mumbai, what is that? I mean, I sort of left Israel, and not that he didn't run away from the chauffeur, but he certainly didn't expect to hear it. And he, he goes to, he goes outside to try to find that sound. Where did that sound come? I know the sound of the chauffeur. It's unmistakable. And he goes further and further, and sure enough, it's a shul. It's a Chabad in Mumbai. And what was that chauffeur eight o'clock at night? It was a chauffeur that heralded the end of Yom Kippur. That Kigadola that we say after Lashon Habab Yushlayim. Right before Lashon Habab Yushlayim. After Nochi, after Shema Yisrael, Hashem Ulakim. The chauffeur was blown. And he sees the people in shul and he starts looking at the Sidurim and whatever. Yom Kippur today. It was Yom Kippur today. And I'm here in Mumbai, and I don't know at all what's going on. And he was, he was beside himself. He, just, he was just so moved by the fact that how could I have gone so far? How could I have sunk so low to not even know it's Yom Kippur? And here I am drinking and partying throughout the day in a foreign country, when I know that I really belong with my brothers and sisters in Eretz Yisrael, basic observance of Yom Kippur, how could, how could that happen? And he just, he couldn't let it go. He could not let it go. And again, that connection, it's because somehow that Yiddish and Hashem, when we're open, we're ready to be inspired, we're ready to recognize that there's a God in this world. And from that chauffeur, he said, I'm going, I'm going to Yeshiva. He had religious relatives, I'm going to Yeshiva. Went to Yeshiva, has a beautiful family, Torah person, beautiful family of five kids, living a Torah life. Incredible. But that story struck me on another level. Certainly it shows us that when, we, when we're open, when we're receptive, the inspirations are there for, for us to, to, to rise to even greater levels. No matter where we are, we can rise to higher and higher levels. But it's, it's so amazing that the love of a Baruch Hu, you would say... God, what, what happened to this guy? He's in Mumbai and, and like he's so far away. And you'd say, I'm hitting rock bottom. 
why you let this kid, you couldn't find a better way to get this, to, to, to some help out this Jew. Maybe he couldn't get the tickets of Mumbai. Maybe they could, he could have made his vacation later or what? I mean, like, no. Kosh Baruch knows exactly what every person needs. He gives, he gives us exactly what we need. We're not always ready to heed that call and to be sensitive to the messages. But that particular Jew, was there anything, any other place he could have been Another, any other event as shocking as that that would have motivated him to go back to yeshiva? I wonder. I really wonder. Because Baruch says, I'm going to give this young man an opportunity. What makes him so special that he took it? What makes HaKadosh Baruch so unbelievably inspiring and great and kind that we have to recognize? Is that he knew exactly what, the, what he needed. I'm going to bring this young man to rock bottom. He didn't make him do it. But I'm going to allow, I'm going to allow that to occur, to give me the opportunity that just when you're drinking with buddies in Mumbai in a bar on Yom Kippur, that is where you need to be to hear that chauffeur to bring you back. And all the way back, that's the only way it could have happened. The Kodesh Baruch Hu sort of ta- uh, weaved this incredible tapestry. And that's what he's doing for every single one of us. We are what we need to be. We are where we need to get the inspiration. We have to be sensitive to it. Hakar Satov is, is, the, is the unbelievably powerful fuel that gets a Jew into the mindset of responding, of recognizing. But Hashem, as we go through Elul, let us use the incredible Hakar Satov, the incredible Chazi Hashem that we have to recognize, the kindness of Hakar to inspire us, to bring us closer to Hashem, to, to use, we're opening up school next, next week at Valley Torah High School. What an incredible statement of Akar Satov. Not full school, it's not real school, it's camp, but it's a chance for, uh, for young men and women to be able to connect to their teachers, to their morals, to their rebellion, and to, and to learn Torah. The official school is still online. That's the, that's the legality of it. But a camp could be had. And we're camping, so to speak, uh, while opening up the this firm HaKadoshim and learning Torah. Wow. Let's be thankful for what we have. Let's express that incredible HaKadosh that we're able to do that. What seemed impossible months ago and is now within reach in Bez Hashem. It'll, it'll get better and better as Bez Hashem is Baruch as, as the weeks go on. Let's live that life. Let's be open to those messages. Let's gain that inspiration. And Mr. Shem, let's approach El Rosh Hashanah with the kind of fusion of inspiration that El could afford us to be able to have a successful year. Mr. Shem, a good gibbenchar for not only us, not only for the community of Los Angeles, but for God's Christ. Mr. Shem, have a beautiful Shabbos.